This episode of the Lutheran Cartographer is brought to you by the Ron Paul Homeschool Curriculum. If you're looking for a good curriculum, check it out at lutherancartographer.com homeschool. The Lutheran Cartographer, episode 40. Welcome to the Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in different places. I'm your host, Nicholas Weber. Today we are going to Lidditz, Pennsylvania to talk to Pastor Christopher Cipherline of Mount Calvary Lutheran Church. Pastor Cipherline, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me here today. So help orient us geographically. We are in Pennsylvania. Where exactly are we? So our congregation is in Lidditz, Pennsylvania, and uh, Lidditz, Pennsylvania is in southeastern Pennsylvania. And we would be um, about an hour and a half from Philadelphia, uh, two and a half hours uh, west of Washington, D.C., and an hour and a half away also from, from Baltimore. So geographically, we're, we're in that neck of the woods, um, but we're in, we're in a pretty rural area, uh, though highly populated. I see. Uh, help us understand what you mean by a rural area, but highly populated. Just the the particular community you're in is not populous, but you have all these big things around you. Is that what you mean? I, I recently came from from Wisconsin. Um, one year ago today, I received a call to serve Mount Calvary Lutheran Church here in Lidditz. Um, the congregation I served there was in a town of 500 people. It was, it was very rural. Um, it's about an hour north of Milwaukee, and uh, this congregation is in a community with you know tens of thousands of people. However, because of the Amish and the Mennonite in the area and the long-standing practice of farming, they in Lancaster County have um, have retained a, a farming tradition um, because of those communities um, and the long-standing farming use. And so, there's pockets of farms all around. Um, but there's also a lot of people. So it's a strange, uh, strange kind of combination. You know, people come from New Jersey and come out to this area in order to see farms. And uh, being that I'm from Wisconsin, um, you know, I see this area as rural, but not quite rural uh, of what I experienced before. Yeah, I see. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you came uh, from Wisconsin and sort of your your personal history before uh, you came to Pennsylvania. Sure. Uh, I was born in Detroit, Michigan, and uh, I served uh, congregation first in Minnesota, southeastern uh, Minnesota. And I um, I was called after three years to serve um, Emanuel Lutheran Church in Adel, Wisconsin, which is uh, 30 minutes uh, north of Concordia University in Wisconsin, for those who know um, that area. Um, I, um, I served there for 14 years and then was called uh, here to uh, uh, Lancaster County. And uh, getting back a little bit to the geographical issue um, or, or, or ideas of this area, uh, Lancaster County um, is probably known by people as being uh, if they know anything about Lancaster County, it's it's that um, it's it's Amish. You know, people associate um, even in the Midwest. We know that Lancaster County is is where the Amish are, 
And um, so you've got, you know, that in the area as well. Just north of us as well, um, geographically, you have uh, the Appalachian uh, Mountains. So we're in an area of the country called the Piedmont, which isn't terribly, um, it's not terribly hilly, it's somewhat hilly, but uh, the Piedmont just means hills kind of leading to the larger mountains. So about an hour north of us, you start to see um, larger hills that lead to the Appalachian Mountains. But I was originally in engineering, um, uh, at least in schooling, two years in engineering, and then um, uh, began the began the plan to um, enter the seminary and have served now for, for 17 years. Wonderful. So tell us a little bit more about how you um, contrast where you are now with, with the other places, either for good or for ill. We've already talked about kind of the, the rural aspect. What else in terms of either the culture or the, the way that people are, how else would you contrast it with the other places you've been? Okay. So this is where it gets a little interesting. Okay. Um, in Sheboygan County, I was in Sheboygan County, we had three Lutheran Church Missouri Synod circuits uh, in that county. And uh, in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, uh, many of your uh, listeners are probably aware that a circuit is comprised of around six, seven, or eight congregations of varying sizes. Um, in order uh, order to have a circuit, all these things are, are um, um, you know, um, documented by the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod itself as to how what comp, uh, constitutes a circuit. Um, and because it's so densely populated with uh, with Lutherans, L- Lutheran Church Missouri Synod Lutherans, um, in Sheboygan County, there's there's three circuits. So all of my congregations in the circuit, I could I could get to in 15 minutes. Um, we had I'm in the English district now, so that's a that's a whole 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 other different thing. But uh, we had a installation of of a pastor um, in a circuit in Alexandria, Virginia, this Saturday. It took me two and a half hours to get there. Um, so it's very different. Um, in Wisconsin, everybody has a general understanding of what it means to be a Missouri Synod Lutheran. People in the culture know a little bit about the Missouri Synod. They know of the Missouri Synod. Um, again, in Sheboygan County, there's uh, around 20, 25 LCMS parishes in that county. Um, in Lancaster County here, um, there's two, and one of them um, has uh, around 15 uh, individuals coming on a Sunday, so it's very small. So generally speaking, our congregation is the only viable congregation in in this county. It, it means, being, being a Lutheran means something different. However, in this county, um, you have a long-standing tradition of Lutheran congregations. Lutheran congregations um, in the Pennsylvania Ministerium go back to the, their founding by um, by Henry Melchior Muhlenberg. So there are in Lancaster County something along the lines of 35 uh, ELCA parishes. So in this area, uh, people don't even know what the Missouri Synod is. Even if they're having difficulty um, with the teachings of their church body, um, they don't know much uh, or uh, anything about the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. So um, most of the time when I'm talking to people in the area, 
and I tell them I'm a pastor or they see that I'm wearing my clerical collar, um, I'll tell them I'm I'm a pastor in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. You really have to emphasize that around here and explain to them uh, what that is. I will say that it means um, a lot of a lot of difference too with uh, how people in this con- the, the makeup of people in this congregation. So in this congregation, we have three groups of people. Our congregation was formed in 1904 um, in Lancaster. And uh, uh, so it comprises individuals who are longstanding members of the parish. Um, There's not many of them, but there's some of them, a contingent that have been here a long time. Um, It also comprises um, individuals from the Missouri Synod that have moved here because of job, a job-related you know, uh, changes. And we have a good contingent of individuals who uh, are seeking for a Missouri Synod congregation in this area. The third contingent are converts um, who have come to be a part of our congregation uh, through listening to issues, et cetera, have have come to our congregation um, based on uh, um, possibly not, uh, also not being um, satisfied with the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. Now, what this means is something very different. Um, in my previous congregation, um, the identity of people um, in that congregation was largely formed by um, their family members being part of that congregation for a long time. There wasn't much change in the community. Um, there, there weren't a lot of individuals um, uh, moving to the area. Uh, it was pretty static. Uh, people didn't visit the congregation, um, and people were a member of the congregation because they've always been a member of the congregation, or they they knew a lot about that congregation. Um, it wasn't necessarily always based on confession. It was based on um, uh, on um, you know their their practice and their history of of being associated with that congregation. In addition, um, in in the congregation that I that I that I previously served, when individuals would um, um, would interact with people on a daily basis in the community, they would be interacting with individuals that they grew up with. They'd be interacting with individuals that um, that they regularly saw. These individuals, even though they may have been members of a different congregation, mostly Roman Catholic or Lutheran, uh, they shared the same values. They shared the same way of looking at life. Um, um, and so they didn't have, this is, this is a strange thing to say, but they didn't need church uh, for a social outlet. I don't know how to quite put that. But in this congregation here, people in their lives are interacting with individuals of different cultures, different backgrounds, different philosophies, different ideals. And so um it creates a sense of identity. People want, people have to want to be here to come here, um, and so ultimately, um, it creates a different sense of community. Um, practically speaking, uh, if you did something social um, in my previous congregation, it wasn't necessarily necessary that people would actually be interested in something like that. Um, they've got lots of social outlets uh, with individuals who are very like-minded with them. Here in this congregation, um, that's a difference. Um, people, um, 
uh, people need a little bit of respite from the storm, as it were, a little bit of an oasis from uh, from what they experience on a day-to-day basis. That makes sense. Now, let's talk about what are some of the best things about being in uh, Lilith's? Yeah, it lit it's it's kind of a hard yeah yeah yeah. There's a there's a video um, of news newscasters in in Chicago mispronouncing that. So um, all right, I can be added to the reel then. <laughs> exactly. Um, best things about the area. Okay, so um, best things about the area. You know, you're in an I'm in an area of the country with a lot of history. Um, an hour away is Gettysburg. Um, I'm within a drivable distance of a lot of uh, Civil War battlefields. There's a Civil War museum in Harrisburg. Haven't been there yet, only been here less than a year, so haven't haven't quite ventured that far. And things more recently with COVID have resulted in a lot of closures uh, with museums. So um, I can be in Washington, D.C., as I said, uh, in two and a half hours. Um, I can go to Baltimore. Um, I can um, I can be in Philadelphia, you know, within an hour and a half. Um, being in this area means, yeah, I, I kind of joke around that in the Midwest sometimes your local attraction is something akin to the largest ball of twine, you know, you know, the roadside attractions are popular in the Midwest. Well, they don't really need those around here because of their history. Um, you can ju- you can drive down in historic Lancaster and simply pass by a historical uh, marker uh, that states that the building that you're idling in traffic next, you know, next to um, was used to house Revolutionary War troops, you know. Um, the buildings that you see, uh, very colonial in nature, a um, um, lot of history um, in this area. Uh, you also have, um, in the area, have ventured as far as uh, uh, much far beyond uh, an hour or two away, but the, you have the Appalachian Trail and a lot of hiking areas as well. You've got the mountains. So in the Midwest, you don't have um, you don't have the mountains. Uh, at least uh, I have them out here. So those are a few interesting things: historical um, uh, outdoor activities, and uh, you know, being in the nation's capital, you know, pretty pretty quickly as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you've already talked about some of the cultural differences that your congregant, your parishioners often feel the need to come in order to interact with like-minded people. What are some of the other challenges that you think the area presents that might be unique to that area? Letting ourselves be known in the community, you know, is is important. How how do we how do how do we um, you know, uh, let people know who we are. Um, people don't know who the Missouri Senate is. So um, letting, you know, letting the local um, uh, people in this area uh, know who we are. Um, it's also my first time in an area like a sub- suburban area. There's no community. Um, you know, there's these little pockets of suburbia in the area. Um but uh, there's no sense of community in the sense of uh, of what it was like in small town America. So getting used to not seeing anybody on a daily basis that you know, how do you interact and connect with uh, the broader populace uh, when you know you're pretty spread out? Our congregants come from a, a long, a long distance in order to come from this uh, to this congregation. 
Um, not many people commute less than 15 minutes. We've got individuals who are commuting, you know, 45 minutes uh, to come to um, this congregation here. Um, and not just one or two, you know, several, a good number of individuals are traveling a half hour or more in order to come to the congregation. So, um, you know, that presents its issues with how do we reach out to the local community? Um, what do we do in that regard? Yeah. I see. What are some of the other challenges that might be faced day to day in terms of just personal life, either, uh, What's the weather like? Are there other things that people should be aware of if they're thinking about moving to the area? Sure. Um, in our area, as far as the weather's concerned, you know, it's a, it's a lot warmer than uh, than Wisconsin. Uh, uh, people were like, were talking last week, uh, last year, about winter here. As I endured winter here, well, I'd like to say that um, Wisconsin doesn't have summer, and uh, this area. You know, it doesn't have winter, so, um, you know, it gets cooler, and it might snow once or twice, but, uh, so the weather is uh, hot and hot and humid. That can be weathered okay. As a pastor, you know, moving to this area, um, the pace of life is is a lot faster um, than where I came from in, in Wisconsin. Um, I'm coming from a blue-collar a community to a white-collar community. Um, that's a difference as well. Um, I don't know if that's uh, such a difference with uh, Pennsylvania versus Wisconsin, or it's more of a difference between rural and more populated. So um, life is fast-paced here, um, um, and uh, you know that that that's a difference uh, too. Um, you know, moving to the area was different because of the housing market. Um, you know, there's a lot of individuals coming into this community, moving into this community, and uh, that means that uh, house prices are are a lot more expensive than um, uh, than they are um, in other areas of the Midwest. So those are some challenges. Good deal. Now let's talk about what it's like to raise a family there. Sure. Um, in my uh, former uh, congregation. Um, I lived right next to um, I lived right next to the church in a parsonage um, in a lovely small community. Um, that was uh, that was nice. We do miss our parsonage. Um, we live uh, around 15 minutes from the church. Um, in my former congregation, I um, I had to uh, drive around 12 minutes to get to the first stoplight. Um, I drive 12 minutes uh, to church every morning, and I go through 10 stoplights. Um, so there's a difference there. Um, but um, um, our family has had to adjust. Oh, you know, for 14 years, my I have six children, and my oldest is a first-year student at Concordia University in Wisconsin. My youngest is is five years of age, and uh, we were homeschooling um, in in the Midwest. Uh, there were opportunities for Lutheran uh, schools around where I I serve, but we uh, we chose to homeschool. Um, it it worked out well with my pastor life. Um, I could see my kids for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I could just pop home and 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 see them and participate in homeschool life there. Um, so life has changed for us in that you know I'm living away from from. Uh, 
from a church uh, from church now 12 minutes uh, things like in the afternoons uh, in my former parish we would take I would take my sons or my daughters to uh, uh, shut-in calls um, it takes a little bit longer to get back home I'm not doing that like I used to do um, probably a more family oriented life where I was coming from we've got to be more intentional about uh, raising a family here because of the busyness um, in my former congregation um, I worked a fair bit um, but I'm working even harder and longer hours here uh, so that you know that that uh, takes its toll um, but you know I'm still in the adjusting period um, you know as far as uh, our family is concerned you know we've we've had a lot of changes in the past uh, last year with one daughter going to college and uh, because of of kind of that loss of community as well um, my second daughter uh, who's a junior in high school we decided to enroll in a local uh, Christian Academy um, so um, life is good congregational life is good um, you know we um, uh, because of individuals um, you know um, making it in, an intentional effort to be a part of this congregation we've been welcomed warmly by the congregation and also we've um, we, we find that you know the people in the congregation uh, have become our our, our family uh, as well but there there is a lot of opportunities to expose your children to uh, wonderful things in this area uh, some of the historical things that, that I've, I've mentioned before excellent you mentioned homeschooling what are the homeschooling laws like in Pennsylvania are they fairly uh, liberal in their approach or is it more restricted yeah my wife would be able to answer these questions better than I would um, however uh, everything in Pennsylvania has more legislation um, uh, Wisconsin it was pretty pretty much when it came to homeschool homeschool laws you you know you would fill out a form and inform your local school district what you were doing um, in Pennsylvania um, um, lesson plans have to be um, your your lesson plans for the year um, overarching plans for the year have to be um, have to be gone over by a certified uh, public school teacher um, and uh, a lot of documentation has to be sent into the district um, as well um, a lot of hoops to jump through I don't I don't think they actually do much with the information um, you know it's kind of like just checking boxes off uh, not that it's helpful for for you or for them but more along the lines of of uh, giving them the idea that they're doing something so um, um, in, in Wisconsin, um, we were allowed to participate in sports more recently in the last five years in the local community. Um, that's the same here um, as far as uh, being able to participate in the public school sports. Um, in addition, we can participate in um, some of the extracurricular kind of style activities like band and music. However, um, in Wisconsin, um, we, were, we, were, we were able to, if we if we needed to take a math class or a science class, you know, um, if if there was an approval from the local district, you could you could enter that class. But academic classes aren't offered to homeschoolers um, here uh, in Pennsylvania, as best as I understand the law. Yeah, good deal. Let's take a moment for a word from our sponsor. At this time, a lot of parents and grandparents are considering keeping their children at home when the government schools open back up in the fall, and I would encourage you to do the same. 
If you're looking for a curriculum, I would recommend checking out the Ron Paul Homeschool Curriculum. This will teach your children well how to live in the left-hand kingdom with classes in business, natural sciences, as well as college prep, in addition to all the usual subjects that you would expect from any curriculum, such as mathematics and history. Best thing about this curriculum is that it is self-directed after the third grade, so you don't have to pull your hair out trying to stay a step ahead of your children in the curriculum. If you're interested, I'd recommend checking it out at lutherancartographer.com homeschool. That's lutherancartographer.com homeschool. Let's get back to our guest. All right, now let's turn back to the question of Lutheranism there. I want to, we've already talked about the historical, uh, how long Lutherans have been in the area, how the Missouri Synod isn't really known well in that area. It's more the ELCA. Are there other things that we, we haven't talked about yet about what it's like to be Lutheran there that you want to make sure that we touch on? Sure. Um, yeah, a, a few things. Um, you know, first of all, this, um, the people in this area have a have a strong. There's a strong Lutheran identity, and and there's a fair number of individuals in my congregation who are from the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, and even individuals in the parish who have had um, spouses that have served as pastors in the LCA, or fathers that have served as pastors. You know, when I went over and visited uh, the uh, one of the ladies of my parish who's uh, in her 90s. Um, she had a picture on a wall of, um, um, it was a painted picture, I think it was a, um, an original work of sorts. She had a series of paintings of um, George Washington, the Revolutionary War, and all of the Lutheran greats that were, um, that were part of the Revolutionary War. Just looking at that picture coming from the Midwest and coming from Missouri Synod Lutheranism was a, was a fascinating thing. It, we don't we don't have this tie to the history of our country as Missouri Synod Lutherans that the ELCA um, Lutherans do. That's strange. It, it it creates kind of a different. There's just a different culture and way of thinking uh, about Lutheranism here um, in this area. In this area too, um, you know, the founder of Lutheranism in the United States of America. He wasn't the first Lutheran here. But the founder of Lutheranism in, in, in the United States of America was a man named Henry Melchior Muhlenberg. He came over from Germany and organized a lot of the, uh, the German Lutheran congregations in the area. There wasn't much organization. Um, he put together what we know now as the common service. He put together a hymnal um, and he created the Pennsylvania uh, Ministerium, the first uh, a synod in the Luther uh, in the in in the uh, United States of America, um, you know he's uh, two of his sons who were pastors are buried um, in 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 Lancaster. Um, I can take you to the cemetery and, and and you can see where two of his sons who are influential influential in uh, individuals in the history of the uh, uh, of the country and also of Lutheranism. Uh, are buried uh, in that cemetery. Just a stone's throw. Also, is the fifteenth president of the United States, a man from Lancaster, um, um, Pennsylvania. His name was James uh, Buchanan, and uh, he grew up around this area. Announced his presidency, um, or his uh, his uh, that he was uh, um, chosen to be the uh, Democratic representative 
um, on the steps of his of his porch. So you have you have you have that um, in the area. But as far as uh, you know, Lutheranism in this area, we have a, we have a, there's a decent amount of individuals you know from local ELCA congregations that are um, that are thinking about leaving their parishes or are concerned about the things that are happening in their congregation. However, um, making that actual jump of coming to um, another congregation is is particularly uh, challenging when they've been tied to those parishes in some cases. Uh, in some cases, uh, for uh, for generations. Um, in addition, um, I think our window is closing rather rapidly on those individuals. I had a gentleman who came from, uh, who called just a few uh, few weeks ago, two weeks ago, um, and just simply said, I- "I'm tired of what's happening in the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. Oh, what should I do?" Um, he was probably 80 or so years old. His father was a pastor. You don't have those calls as much. At least I didn't uh, when I was in um, in the Midwest. Um, but um, you know, we have to understand that people are being catechized in the ELCA to think a particular way and to confess a particular way. Um, this individual on the phone just mentioned, you know, going through his small catechism and looking at what Luther said. The, the small catechism said about marriage. This isn't going to happen in another ten years. This isn't going to happen in another fifteen years. Our congregation also is is populated by individuals who um, who also are, um, are are coming from various Missouri Synod congregations from the Midwest. As challenges happen in the Midwest with um, our our Lutheran faith as well, um, the number of those individuals coming to our parish, um, you know, probably won't be as much in the future. So um, challenges in this area are to maintain a strong Lutheran identity move forward in the future as well, and uh, also, um, um, you know, let what we do uh, be known to the broader community. That makes sense. Now let's turn to what things you would recommend in the area. Let's say you have a friend coming into town. You've mentioned the hiking and the historical sites. What particular things would you say, ah, you got to go check this out? Sure. Again, I've only been here for, for less than a year, so still getting to know some of some of the things in the area. Um, as I mentioned, uh, the 15th president of the United States uh, um, has a, a kind of a mansion of sorts and his property is there and one can go visit the historical uh, society of Lancaster and see that history and wander over and see where he's 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 buried. You know, it's one of those things where he was the president right before Abraham Lincoln, you know. Uh, Abraham Lincoln gets a lot of uh, publicity uh, James Buchanan, I don't think it's too much. Um, so it's interesting to uh, learn a little bit about uh, his history also. Um, so um, uh, seeing some things in Lancaster, maybe I wasn't clear there. The congregation in Lidditz, that's uh, where I serve, is is just a neighboring community to a larger congregation uh, or a larger city of Lancaster, which is an old historic city in Pennsylvania. And it's in the broader a context of Lancaster County, which is known for, you know, their Amish, Amish and Mennonite community. When a lot of people come to this area, they want to see the Mennonite. They want to see the Amish. Um, and so in this area, people will come. They want to see buggies, uh, you know, um, going down the road. Um, I can sit here in my office and hear the buggies going by several a day. It, it's a unique experience to see the Mennonites uh, plowing fields and harvesting their um, their crops. 
um, driving around, you see things like their tobacco crops. Um, you know, there, there wasn't much tobacco being farmed. I never saw it in, in Wisconsin. So you see some of those things. Local roadside stands uh, where the Amish are selling their produce or flowers or, uh, or crafts. Um, individuals go on uh, Saturdays or, or Fridays uh, to various uh, Amish barbecues where they invite you to come and um, and they they grill some uh, chicken and you know have fresh food there for individuals. So the Amish community does a lot in the area with uh, tourism, and many individuals go to these particular things to to experience uh, you know life in this area. So um, James Buchanan, Amish stuff. Um, the city of Lancaster, Lancaster itself and some of its historical sites, Appalachian uh, Mountains, just an hour and a half north, that trail comes through. Uh, great to see some of those things. And if you venture a little farther, um, hour to Gettysburg, um, you know, not too far to Philadelphia as well and, and, and Baltimore. Um, there's also a Strasburg, Strasburg Rail Museum in the area uh, that's known for, um, uh, for their museum. Um, and I haven't gone over to Ephrata. It's about 30 minutes away, but there's a particular Protestant-style cloister, a monastic community. Um, haven't learned much about them. Um, I believe that um, they, um, they were a celibate community, so um, as you can understand, there are none of them still living, but this is a very old community, and the buildings are still maintained. When everything opens up again, it's a place that I'd like to see as well. Good deal. Now, as we start to close out the podcast, I want to make sure to give you the opportunity to tell our listeners about the things that you'd like to send them to, your church's website, places to follow you online. What would you like to send our listeners to? Yeah, we have a Facebook page, and uh, uh, we post some th things on our Facebook page. Um, we have a website as well that uh, details uh, the links to our uh, audio versions of our sermons. And if individuals are interested in following our congregation, they can send their email address to our congregation. We send uh, a weekly email with uh, the links to our YouTube um, uh, sermons. Uh, MCLC Lidditz is our uh, YouTube address for uh, for our sermons and worship services. Um, you know, we're, uh, we worship at uh, uh, 9 o'clock on, on Sunday mornings with Bible class afterwards. We also have a Wednesday uh, midweek uh, service at 7 p.m. that focuses on um, the feast days or the saints. Um, and uh, so we have that weekly, uh, weekly offering for our congregation. Other opportunities, too, um, for, for gathering um, uh, include, you know, men's, men's groups, women's groups, so on and so forth. But uh, if individuals are traveling through the area or visiting the area, you know, we'd love to, to welcome them uh, to our congregation. Um, to visit, uh, to come to a service, um, and to uh, be welcomed uh, by, by our congregation. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time today. What are your parting thoughts for our listeners? Yeah, I guess one geographical issue that I was uh, thinking about that's, that's, that's uh, popping to my mind, uh, I know it's uh, a while back that we talked about this, but there's no lakes in Pennsylvania. That's crazy. You live in Wisconsin and Minnesota, you know, uh, Minnesota is like, the, what do they call it? The land of what, 10,000 lakes? And they say that uh, actually uh, there's 20,000 lakes in, in Minnesota. They only count half of them. 
Well, Wisconsin has as many lakes as Minnesota, I believe, um, at least 10,000. And so you see lakes all the time. You see ponds all the time. Um, in Pennsylvania, there's not a straight road. Uh, roads are very small and narrow. They bend and they, you know, everything in the Midwest where I'm from is laid out in a grid. You fly over the Midwest, you see that. You fly over Pennsylvania, you see the difference. It's fascinating. Um, if you make a wrong turn, it's not like you just go to the next road and kind of turn left and you'll get there. You might end up in a different community. Um, this all goes back to these roads being ancient Indian trails, so on and so forth, trading post areas. Um, in a, there's just streams, small streams, uh, the Susquehanna River, um, some of those things in the area um, are, are different geographically. So I, I just thought uh, lakes were everywhere, but there's none in Pennsylvania. Um, my final, I guess my final parting words, you know, wherever we, we hang our hat, uh, I was thinking about Psalm 139 uh, this morning. Um, is so it says where where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If my I make my bed and ship, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your right hand shall lead me, and your right hand uh, shall hold me. So um, we've got this wonderful thing called the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, and we're we're spread out, but we're united in doctrine uh, and practice and and. Uh, I rejoice in that, and uh, in this place that I now live, it's it's very different than uh, where I where I lived formerly. But the great thing is, is that we gather around word and sacrament, and that that's what draws us together here in this congregation, um, especially in this congregation, um, as we uh, we don't ex experience a culture like ours in, in our local community, and. Uh, Individuals all around the Missouri Synod in their various places are, are doing the same. So we rejoice in that, and we, we rejoice also in God's promise that wherever we, we hang our hat, we have that promise from one, Psalm 139 that, uh, you know, even if we make our bed in the darkest places, even if we make our, our bed wherever, God is there, and that's of comfort to us. Absolutely. Amen. Thank you again for your time today. God's peace. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. For more about the things that we talked about today, visit the show notes page at lutherancartographer.com slash 40. I encourage you to check out that homeschool curriculum if you're in the market for one or if your current curriculum just isn't working out for you. That's at lutherancartographer.com slash homeschool. Last, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes or on Stitcher or now on Amazon so you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, please leave a rating or a review. Until next time, I'm Nicholas Weber. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.